Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. That was a bad one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast that is always, always, always from the back tees. I'm Jerry, and with me as always is Z to the P, Zach Penser, Nolan, don't call me Tiger Smith, and Zach Nolan, we have a guest tonight. But first of all, how are you two doing real quick? Doing pretty good. You know, uh, I, by the way, I'm for sure going to leave that, that you had to do two claps. I found it funny, so the people probably will. Cut them out. <laughs> all right, listen, <clears throat> I'm going to get to it real quick so we can get into us with the banter here. Um, we got our friend Alex from the Course of Life podcast. I was lucky enough to go on his pod uh, several weeks ago, and we got to uh, chew it up about some, uh, well, mostly golf stuff, but also my little angle at being a caddy at Band of Dunes. But uh, Alex, how you doing, bud? Doing great, guys. Jerry, appreciate it for having me on, and uh, glad I could be a part of the madness for a night. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, that's why I, I tried to do the swap cast thing just in terms of it's like everyone's always asking, what are what are some good podcasts for everyone to listen to? And it's just like, well, if we all have enough time, like you don't just have to subscribe to one, especially if people are only doing it weekly, God forbid. So I just figure it's like we can, like everyone can share audiences because if you're not one of the big boys, like which is like what, foreplay and no laying up, there doesn't seem to be many, any any listener who's in like a certain Venn diagram like nobody really seems to cross the lines and, and it's weird but I don't know it's niche too yeah the game's growing obviously a very young direction obviously what you guys are doing and what we do is bring a, a newer funner perspective to the game and and a majority of my you know audience are people who don't play the game a lot and, and just want to hear a little bit more about what's going on in our lives and in addition, maybe just kind of casually keep up with what's going on in the game, learn a thing or two each week, or, or have a unique story, or hey, maybe even a Canadian fun fact or something like that uh, about something going on in the world of golf. So whatever level of entertainment we can bring to someone, uh, we're, we're proud to do it together. That's perfect. Uh, now, real quick, before we uh, get into any uh, real roundabout golf stuff, uh, just give us a brief, like, or, or as long as you want to, header about yourself in terms of what your podcast is. Uh, like how that came to be, how you came uh, into golf. We know you're in Texas, but you're by way of Boston. I mean, just fill in all the blanks for us if you could. Yeah, for sure. So it's the Course of Life podcast, like you mentioned. Thanks for the plug. I'll get it in a few more times for sure. But uh, we're on iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good places where you find your podcast, just like you guys are. And it's myself and my co-host, Michael, and we're college buddies. We actually had a college radio show together, and we've been golfing buddies for a long time. Both grew up in the New England area and went to different parts of the country. So I'm based in Austin, Texas, uh, home of the Dell Match Play, which I'd love to get into a little bit later too. And uh, he lives in Savannah, Georgia. So we remotely do the podcast once a week. And we like to say that we touch on golf, pop culture, and everything going else, uh, everything else going on in the sports world that, that entertains or interests us. So, you know, like I mentioned, you know, we, we have a, a golfing audience primarily, and we bring a lot of people from a lot of different angles of the game onto podcasts as, as guests. Uh, but, we love to talk food. We love to talk, you know, getting the a drink at the 19th hole. Uh, we love to talk what's going on in our life, what's going on in the sports world, and, and just kind of give everyone a, a more refreshing take on the game that doesn't have to be, you know, 
overdriven with a ridiculous amount of numbers and analytics and, and things that, that a lot of people just don't want to get into when they're trying to unwind and listen to a sports podcast. So that's, that's kind of what we're trying to bring with the brand. And we're about a year and a half in so far. It's going well. Oh, right on. Nice. Nice. Uh, Zach, Nolan, I, I got one more question for uh, Alex, but you guys got any questions for him at all? Yeah, I yeah. guess. Uh, how did how did you and the guy you do the podcast meet? I know we all met through Twitter, so maybe the same. Yeah, so uh, freshman year in college, our uh, dorm room were, they were three to a room and they were definitely not designed for three people. They were like small doubles at that. And he was directly next door to me, uh, one room away. So everyone in our hall kind of got very familiar with each other because our doors were always open, just trying to get any sort of draft or, or fresh air in through all the dorm rooms uh, <laughs> that were filled full of freshman guys in college. So that's how we originally met. And uh, we had the radio show in college, like I mentioned. It, we took time to kind of do our own thing in life. And we kind of came to each other around the same time, you know, just being golfers and buddies that communicate regularly about what's going on in the world of sports and and everything we're interested in and figured, you know, this is a good time with, with the way that the, the platform of the podcast is taking off and kind of our talents and background. It's only natural that we're, you know, we're talking so often. Why not we, why not just start recording it and make something of it for real? So that's kind of how the, the project came together in the first place. Yeah, I think we can relate to that a lot. Yeah. What you got, Nolan? Yeah, so growing up in Boston, um, I'm sure you were – surrounded by many sports fans i want to know it i mean are you good goodness are you a patriots and a red sox fan are you that are you that guy or what what's going on with uh, your other sports interests yeah it's always a great point of conversation and that was actually the the genesis for our show back in college too is that my co-host mike is uh, originally has New York roots through his father. He's a Yankees, New York Giants fan. Let's go! Diehard. Oh, that's right. And I, growing up just outside the city of Boston, am a Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, <laughs> Bruins, across the board fan. So oh, we, we immediately butt heads the, the moment we became friends over that rivalry. And and that's just kind of fueled everything I knew as a sports fan growing up. Uh, I would say my favorite teams, I lean more towards the Celtics and Patriots specifically, but obviously I've loved for the Red Sox and Bruins. And yes, uh, everyone's kind of like hearing me drone on like, Jesus, another New England sports fan here to traipse on a sports podcast. That's the last thing we want to hear. And no, not here. I'm, I'm very not aware how spoiled we are. I'm, I'm completely aware how spoiled I am uh, being in the presence of Tom Brady for my entire life. Uh, so I won't drone on about that, but yeah, my background is based in Boston. It definitely leads to a lot of inter interesting conversation on, on our podcast for sure. You're our first New Englander, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah so. there hasn't been any East Coast bias really whatsoever, not permanently, so to speak. And also people forget like the Patriots sucked in the 20th century. The Red Sox they sucked did. in the 20th century. The Celtics, pretty goddamn good especially in the 80s I mean because me being a Laker fan that was just like I that, that's the only reason why I dislike Boston was they took a lot of wins away from Los Angeles but needless to say I mean no we haven't had really there's yeah I see what Alex is saying but that really doesn't hasn't happened on this show I mean yeah we, we, we that's right it's funny I remember a few years of suck because my uncle had season tickets to the Patriots when Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback and things just were constantly going awry with the New England Patriots. So I remember those years before Brady stepped in on right that Sunday afternoon uh, in 2001. And I remember the Celtics having Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce just struggling to get out of the first round of the playoffs uh, before they made the big trade to obviously get KJ and Ray in that championship in 2008. So uh, I do remember those moments, but they're few and far between because there's definitely been a, a lot of parades and lots of championships for sure. 
I, I remember a crap Adidas commercial. It's Antoine Walker. He's like, that's me, employee number eight. I make baskets. <laughs> it's just like, That's right. Yeah, the Antoine Walker shimmy, cl- a classic move. This might um, be your first year without a title in like, what has it been like 12 years or something? Thank you. I appreciate the condolences. I know it's been very tough. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, um, we're used to two, what over under two and a half parades a year or something like that. You know, the way things have been going recently. So Ooh. yeah, I do appreciate that. It has That'd been be a nice. struggle and I am getting along slowly but surely this month of January without the Patriots rolling through the AFC playoff picture has <laughs> oh, been long. That is, that is a long month. For the oh, for you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, I'm really loving is. this. <laughs> Dude, I'm a closet Patriots fan, so I mean, I'm just loving hearing somebody oh, this. <laughs> or... <laughs> no, it, it, oh, could all, it could all be shattered in, in like 30 days if he jets off to Vegas or L.A. And we could be, you know, with Jared Stidham at the helm and things could look really different really soon. And I know look- we already got in the bank and I'm proud of that. But yeah, there's, there's a Go lot of Go get someone. Look, I, I said it two months ago and everyone thought I was crazy. And now I've heard at least a couple more people say it, but now they sound crazy. But I always said after this season, there might be a Jimmy G, Tom Brady, just sweet, straight up swap. I mean, that is not off the table just in terms of oh, like, man. Well, all the other things sound bad. To me, that sounds good for everybody. So who knows? I mean, <laughs> it would be needless, where, where's your accent, Alex? How did you get rid of that? Did you ever have uh, So I grew up probably about. There's, there's like a crucial barrier about 15 or 20 minutes west of the city of Boston where the it's accent the, kicks in. It's the Dane Cook barrier. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and so I'm just on the other side of Route 2 on that, or Route 495, as anyone would know, in the Boston suburban, suburban area. Uh, so I didn't really have a crazy one growing up. I can fake it and do the Mock Wahlberg and all that in the town and blah, blah. Like I, I can do that on command, <laughs> but I but I'm not like, I'm, I'm not rocking that accent regularly. And then I went to college in Connecticut and then I've been in Austin, Texas for close to a decade now, as crazy as it is. Oh. So yeah. Working, uh, on, working on your drawl. Yeah. I, I, I incorporate y'all every once in a while at family get togethers and I, they just scoff at me. They're just like, what happened to you? So <laughs> you said, kid, what are you? We're tatted. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It, my, my mom and dad are spitting images of those voices in those movies that you've seen growing up. That like- the city of Austin, so I, Zach, I don't know if Nolan's ever put these uh, tinker pieces together like I'm doing right now, but the, the Boston accent is truly, and not just for historical purposes, it is America's cockney. I mean, it oh, really, really is. I love is. the Boston I accent. I love it, too. Like, I've, I've lived with people and worked with many people who are just straight like, oh, yeah, bro, just like straight like that. I like that everyone refers to the town as like, that's the line that you got to meet to have a Boston accent. It is. It's that Goodwill Hunting. Um, yeah, I hear that a lot more. The town is a good one. I don't hear the town enough. Oh, really? I feel like I hear the town all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are kind of like the Boston accent gods in Hollywood. So they've they've made a great living off that for sure. So, so do, you hear, that do you hear any sort of, is there an Oregon <laughs> accent? That sounds so stupid to us, but. No, I don't really hear, I don't really think of much specifically in terms of like a Pacific Northwest area accent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just kind of, I just kind of think of maybe like me, maybe a more like laid back chill vibe than what I'm used to from my family and friends, like growing up, like in like the frantic Northeast, just like always waiting for the next snowstorm or something like that. They just kind of have that like constant sense of worry or like, you know, never, nothing's ever kind of like quite right. Like that, that's kind of the culture I left behind. So it's like, I, I, I don't see any of that from you guys. 
I can, I can, I can relate to that a little bit living in Maryland uh, for several years. I mean, and that's, that's got a little dash to the South too, which makes them a little crazy because they're just kind of in between, but uh, to, right. to kind of back up what Nolan said, I think <clears throat> I've noticed throughout the years, just working with tons of people and living all over the country that I, I wouldn't say Oregon has necessarily a certain different vibration or like accent, but the West coast in general, just the whole, but that's a whole like other mindset and vibration too, is just the West coast. I mean, and I look at like whether it's Seattle or San Diego, I think we all sound alike if you want to put all those people into a hopper. But I mean, as long as there's just not too many like Braj and Bra or whatever, and they, you get mixed up with Utah a little bit too hard if you do that. And that's, you know, those are murky waters. That's right. Definitely. <laughs> not everybody's a snow enthusiast, which reminds me why we are a podcast here. We don't uh, talk about snow related things. It's golf. It is uh Oh, which actually reminded me, I want to ask you real quick, Alex, why the, uh, what's, where's the origin of the name for your uh, podcast? Uh, there really is, yeah, there really isn't a huge origin. It's just kind of, we, we, we knew that we wanted to be more than like quite literally just talking about the X's and O's of the PGA tour for the entire duration of each podcast. We, we wanted to contribute much more than that. And we, we're golfers at heart and we love watching the game, but we don't, it doesn't consume our entire life. Uh, so we wanted to kind of understand that there was more to, to what we we're doing and just the, the core, the word course worked in as a very kind of punny golf term and it rolled off the tongue nicely. So we, we went with it. I like it. I like it. I mean, cause I kind of got that vibe once I started listening to it and, uh, it fit with it, but I just was wondering if there was anything more to it per se, uh, beyond that. So needless to say, let's get on to, uh, our dirty business here. And there really isn't too much because we haven't had any, uh, good Bryson DeChambeau news. Uh, Sergio Garcia has kept his hands to himself while he's been in penalty areas. And and needless to say, Patrick Reed, to quote Michael Scott, where the hell is he? I haven't heard from him. Where is he when he's looking for Andy? And uh, so let's talk Pebble Beach. Uh, I know, Zach, uh, we were all texting a little bit earlier that I've been working a lot lately. lately. I didn't get to see much of it, but I've been trying to keep abreast of my app. And I've been following Denunzio's work, and I've been trying to make picks of my own. And before I ask you guys to break anything down, I just want to go on the record and say – it's not easier to pick the winner. I'm just saying I do a much better job of picking the loser. And, yes, I did pick Kevin Stadler to take last place. Kevin Stadler did take last. And Jordan Spieth with the backdoor top ten. I feel like I need to go take a silkwood shower after picking Jordan Spieth for anything. But I You also the picked Robert Garrigus for 147th. And I think he might have been, like, 150th at the end. 145th. A 145th, see? Well, that means that, the best that means in the business at picking last. My pick was off then because I, I had Stadler taking 147th because that was supposed to be last. But needless to say, it doesn't matter. Uh, Nolan, what did you uh, take away from Pebble? Did you enjoy it at all? Uh, you know, I didn't watch a ton of it. I'm not going to lie. Um, saw um, fellow Canadian for Zach. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, Way Nick to grab was, the ball and jump back on the bag. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Nick was playing, playing really great, and uh, I saw he like took a five shot lead maybe after the front nine on Sunday. Yeah. Pretty much mailed it in that he was gonna win, and then uh, I don't know if he had a double or something. Maybe Phil birdied, got a little tighter, maybe two or three shots, but then I think ultimately the rest of the field kind of crumbled. I watched. Uh, a little bit of Jason Day, he, I swear he had like four lip outs on Sunday alone. Um, Jason Day, was looking, he was looking Fowler-esque there where he put three good rounds together and then a crap round. I mean, in yeah. no particular, but. 
Yeah, poor guy. I love Jason Day. And ever since he won the PJ Championship, I always thought he'd rattle off maybe even one or three more majors here. But he's in the injury bug, and I I don't know. He's a interesting guy. Um, always been a a great putter. Always been an interesting um, tour guy to watch with his whole visualization tactic that he has going on, where he closes his eyes before he hits a shot. And well, that I think that might be vertigo still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not making fun. I say the man has condition. The man has condition. (laughs) Man has condition. (laughs) Uh, So Zach, I'll let you go third because I want you to get all proud and prideful, regardless of how much golf you may or may not have watched. That doesn't matter because, sorry, folks, I work seven days a week. It's hard, and I don't have cable TV. It's hard to watch golf. But Zach, I'm going to tease you for last. But Alex, what did you think of the uh, pro am at Pebble Beach, sponsored by Not Verizon? Yeah, it was interesting. I actually, I kind of had a, a note about this because I wanted to get kind of a roundtable opinion because, you know, it, it's it, when I went to the way I went to the waste management, heard the the crowd say, "Oh, there's too much coverage of the 16th," and then I don't know if this is that same crowd or not. But then this weekend on Twitter, you see a lot of people saying there are more shots being shown by Larry the Cable Guy than there are of Nick Taylor, who's leading the tournament on Saturday, and a, a lot of people complaining about the like duration of the celebrity coverage. I, Saturday, I didn't watch always ton. Saturday. Uh, I didn't watch a ton on Saturday. I watched a little bit, but I did kind of get their drift. Uh, we were seeing an inordinate amount of celebrity shots. Uh, I was curious if you guys thought it was too much or not. It, it, it's starting to dwell on, on that too much line, but uh, Sunday they really dialed it back when the tournament got important. They focused on Taylor and Mickelson, what mattered at that moment. But Saturday, I kind of let it glow, go, but I, I just saw a lot of kind of uproar online on Twitter specifically about people just kind of chirping the amount of celeb shots. I was curious where you got, where you guys sat on that. Yeah, well, for Larry the Cable Guy, you know who Larry the Cable Guy is playing with? Our guy Sebastian Kaplan. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. That's- Sorry, that's how little I was, I was watching. Sorry, Seabass. Yeah, but they, they always seem to show way too many celebrities. Oh, it's goodness. Like I, saw, I saw way more Tony Romo than anyone else on Saturday. I thought you were yeah. going to say that you wanted to because I'd be like, come on, what's wrong with Tony Romo? Now he's not he's, playing football. I'm all in. And he's not bad. He's got some game. So that I, that one's a bit of a pass. But, yeah, there's, there's def- they're definitely going to be shocked a lot of him on CBS. Hey Alex, that a bit of a pass, no pun intended on Tony Roma. I know you didn't mean that, but uh, no, but I, I I remember, and this isn't a hot take from me. This is something I heard from somebody else, but I agree with, and I said it on the last pod, and I said it at the Caddy Shack when I was at the Smoke Pit with everybody else the other day. Saturday at the AT and T Pebble Beach Program is the worst just coverage day out there, just based off of the product that they have and what's going on, and that's just probably like the one day where like. I don't think any of them envy having that that job when it comes around to Saturday in terms of like CBS has it this year. They're just probably like, ah, oh, Christ. I mean, we got to deal with this Saturday thing. And then because nobody ever wins. The coverage always somehow seems to slip or we always seem to poke holes in it. But uh, but needless to say, uh, Zach, your uh, countryman won. Yeah. Before we get there, though, I got to say, Kevin Streelman just like low key ended up finishing second. Didn't hear about him all week. He also won the Pro-Am for the second time in three years with Larry Fitzgerald. Exactly. Second time in three years. I just got done listening to Tony Kornheiser on PTI. Shout out to a hero. Say that like at eight handicap. I don't think so. I mean, are you kidding me? I, I, I've seen a Larry Fitzgerald swing in person. It's, it's a eight, but I mean, I haven't seen him like hit a round of uh, a full round of golf balls altogether. I mean, so who knows? But yeah, him and Streelman. Oh, hell yeah. 
Larry's been a good golfer for a long time. He's an eight handicap. That's a bit of a sandbag right there. Thank you. That's all. <laughs> thank you. That's it. But yeah, getting to the big story here, Nick Taylor, first win since 2014 to Sanderson Farms. Big win for the Canadians. You know, the Canadians are on the up and up in the golf world right now. I oh, would are say. they? Well, actually, the no, the Australians were right until <laughs> So, I mean, if you want to be accurate. Canada has like six or seven Canadians who are like consistently playing in events. Well, that's – no, that that is true. Because I, I, I like to think – I was trying to think today. I just got done playing golf a couple hours ago, and I was thinking to myself, who are all the dominant Canadians? I couldn't think of dominant ones, but I thought of all six or seven essentially, and I just was like, oh, no, these guys are in it. They're, they're all about the same age, same game, whatever. And so not to say they're re- replaceable in my head if I'm not looking at them on TV, but I look at them like, oh, well, any one of these guys could not necessarily win the tournament, but, but like, threaten, go low. I mean, have, I like, a Tommy, uh, Tommy Fleetwood 63 lurking around under the water around the corner at any time? I mean. I got yeah, a question man. for you, Zach. Who, who do you want to go to the Olympics for the Canadians? Ooh, Ooh good question. How many do they send? Is it two? Well, so, it depends on they skip out. Well, so you can you, – everyone sends two, guaranteed, but most likely the U.S. is going to get four because if they're within the top ten, you can send four. Okay. So, I – well, I think Hadwin for sure has to go, and then it would probably be Connors unless Taylor keeps up, has a great rest of the year. If you, if you say Mike Weir with your third, I'm going to reach across this pad and hit you with two so hard. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mike Weir is the last person we want at the Olympics. <laughs> but he's the only, major, the only major winner amongst them, but still. I know, but still. <laughs> the corpse of Mo Norman. He's just embarrassing everyone at this point. <laughs> that was a long time ago. He's like 50 years old now. He he's still like, plays he's like the Masters every year and just to come last. He hasn't I would play the Masters before. every year, too. I, I would, too. <laughs> Alex, what say you? Yeah, remember they kicked, what was it, Billy Casper? He shot 106 or something like that before they <laughs> They're like, out of the tournament? Yeah. Let me get out of here, Billy. <laughs> Danny Lyle shot his diastolic. I mean, it was just, and he did it every year just because they're not going to stop him. Mike Weir had, like, had himself booked on TSN, which is our ESPN, if you don't know, yeah. to do the coverage for round three and four. Well, before the event started, he just wow. knew he wouldn't make it. <laughs> That's just good business right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually pretty close to making the cut, so maybe he did uh, falter at the end on purpose. He had some uh, business to get yeah, to. Yeah, no, some cool stuff on Nick Taylor. He's had a PGA Tour card for six years now, and he's basically been like the 120th ranked golfer for that entire, entire time. time. He like barely gets his card year after year. So what 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 would you uh, what would you say his average yearly earnings are at the hundred twentieth spot per year? Uh, before you answer, I mean, do you do you have the answer, Zach? No, without I have no clue. Me? Oh shoot! Do, do you, oh god, I was gonna say if you think it's something you could look up fast, you can play a quick guessing game. I mean, this is how this is how segments are born. People leave a hot box in the studio. Got to be just under a million. Well, see, now, now here was the benchmark I always remember. It was in the year 2000, Brant Job was 100th on the money list, and he made, like, 950K. But he also, like, had, like, a construction contracting company on the side, so that's how he, like, you know. I'm going to get it for you. You guys guess, and I will have the answer. Okay, so the question at hand here is Nick Taylor. Or, I'm sorry, Nick Taylor, yes. Um, he averaged 120th in the world for the past six years. I tell you what, Zach, it, just try and find his career earnings 
and then we'll just divide it by six. And yeah, we'll say I, have, I have 2016, 17, 18, and 19 earnings. Uh, okay, well, real quick, tr can, if you can expand it to his, obviously, 2020 hasn't happened. If you can get it from, like, 2014 to 2019, I'll say. Yeah, I'll I got lead, it. I'll lead it. Okay, I'll lead it off. Nolan, you'll go second. Alex, go third. I think at the 120th ranked person every year for the past five or six years in terms of inflation and purse and everything like that, he probably makes in earnings on the list that Zach's looking at. I'm going to guess, and I guess since I'm going to seven figures here, I can't be terribly specific. I'm going to say $1.4 million. Okay, what's your guess? I think you're a bit high. Let me, let me pull out the abacus real quick. Carry the five. Are you, were you just trying to fuck with me right now? <laughs> I think – I'm gonna go sub sub one million, and I'm gonna go like nine hundred and ten thousand. Alex, what say? What do you think? Yeah, I was gonna split the difference about. I I had one point one in my head, so I'll bump it up and say one point two a year would be my guess. Wow. Right. So what what was your guess, Neander? Was it one point four? No, mine was one point four. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you guess one point four. Are we doing? Uh, is it uh, prices right rules? <laughs> no. Well. No, because somebody could have said a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the winner for closest goes to Alex. He would have been spot on. It was like, it's like 1.09. Wow. Oh, bully. Nice, nice, nice. But it is heavily inflated by this year because he's already made 1.8 million. <laughs> oh, so that's including his, because uh, I was pretending in my head for a second since it didn't include 2020. I'm like, you're right. 2020 season has started yet. We haven't put it in the books. No, but yeah. if that's Including his win? If you take Ooh. out 2020, he's around like 900,000. God damn it, Nolan. What up? <laughs> yeah, well, Jeez. Whatever. <clears throat> but like, like we know, Nolan, you're probably out of all of us like are the most successful in real life. 900,000, <clears throat> that's a clean living right there. But he is living like he's got to have gray hair, right? I mean, 120 every year. I got to ask you guys, of any sport in the world, is there any one where one single like week oh could give you more reward for like your entire life oh yes. yeah it's crazy what do you say oh, oh wait no wait uh, you zach your was your question is there another sport that can do that or something yeah. and i said oh yeah and alex said yeah crazy uh, i can think of a sport i mean now can you guys think of a sport that can do that just as quickly no i can't uh, off the top of my head maybe tennis but the grand slam events are hard to win i don't know uh, i mean yeah. and, in you other, can't really like, win tennis as much. You have to play well like every single day for two weeks. The way I would think of it is like in the NBA, maybe you're a, a role player on a championship team and you just ball out in the finals and then and you're in a contract year. And so then the next year you just get a fat like five-year deal that keeps you, you know, <clears throat> living for the rest yeah. of your life. But Well, that's that's all very good. And this I, – this, I, I saw a graphic on Twitter that backs us up in terms of they just showed like the top five athletes in America who or in the world who made the most every year. And they didn't have, uh, I'm pretty sure there you go, Nolan. Yeah. He's, he's got this Dukes up there um, uh, signifying a boxer. But uh, I remember distinctly that the whole point was to show that Tiger Woods was one of the biggest earners professionally, individually for a long time. And then you'd see like, as the years go on a soccer star pop up there and then like, uh, there'd be like some formula one races up there a bit for a while, but, boxers boxers always have the big payday 
not saying you can just be a tomato can off the street and just sign up for a fight and make a bunch of money. I mean, but it's like when you're, when you're going into those bouts, win or lose your retirement fight or your pre-retirement fight or whatever. I mean, they call Floyd Mayweather, his nickname's friggin' money for a reason, not friggin' money, just money, like, period. <laughs> so needless to say, uh, I mean, yeah, golf's great. Uh, golf's up there. Golf's definitely top three in terms of most lucrative. You get in to an event as like the 200th best player. And if you just have four of the best days of your career, anyone top 200, I assume their four best days of their career would win a golf event. Could. You yeah. win. You win like $2 million and you get exemption for three years. And just making oh, and re- a cut is like 50 grand. Real quick, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it, it, just in case uh, a friend of the show, Kip Henley's listening. I know he's not because he's not in the podcast anymore. But he put up a big beef about how like the average tour pro makes less than most professional athletes. Yes, we are yeah. just talking about some of the top earner golfers out there. That's why we're trying to play the uh, uh, what's Nick Taylor's bankroll game. So. Yeah. Hey, what? Well, real quick, one story I do want to share, and and because uh, a guest that we had on, and it's a great example of how one week can really change everything is uh, Nate Lashley. Last year, someone yeah. that I had on the podcast, uh, he had no status at all. Uh, went through the full qualifying for U.S. Open at Pebble Beach last year, made the cut, played the weekend, and as a result, for him playing the weekend at Pebble Beach, got a sponsor's exemption into the Rocket Mortgage. He played the four best rounds of his life, won that tournament. And and since he's won, he's had two top threes on tour. And he's going to be on tour for at least the next few years and and rolling into like a real great career now. So definitely one week can can really do it. And that was the best example I saw recently. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a bunch of stories that who was it? Is it Sebastian Munoz who was like one round away from moving back to Colombia and working on like his family farm? Then he made the cut on like the Corn Ferry Tour got to play the championship, finished like 10th, had enough to play another year, and then made it to the tour. Oh, yeah. I'm not too sure about that, but... uh... Some good story. It could be me, Jerry. Remember, strong mental game. I just got to get that driver going. Never know. I used to say... (laughs) Yeah. And the putter. I used to say it was Larry Nelson, but it was somebody else I made a mistake. I got to go do some work, but... uh... Somebody who won the Masters at the age of 24 took up golf at the age of 21. And I forget who – was it Larry Mize? That's why I'm getting my Larrys mixed up. I don't know. I just can't a guy named Larry. Uh, I, and, and so I'm all, I'm all uh, off kilter here. So needless to say, I apologize. Let's uh, bring it back to earth here. Pebble Beach, Nick Taylor, Zach's countryman, he won. We, uh, we really – other than – him being kind of around being like a web Simpson cut in half, uh, but the Canadian version, so to speak, we really don't have too much on Nick Taylor. I, a lot of people could ask me uh, like how the final round went. Like, yes, it was good to see Jason day uh, reemerge for a moment. Um, and it's good to see that. Yes. At Pebble, that course can marginalize anybody. It doesn't matter if you're long or short, anyone can really perform there. It's all about more about holding those firm greens and putting well, as is any good golf tournament. But essentially the whole, like, Mickelson was hanging on pretty good. Uh-oh, Zach, the cops, I heard him. Oh, um, yeah, they're coming. I also got your answer for who you were thinking of. That's – wait, whoa, whoa. No, okay, let's backtrack. That wasn't too vague. What, what was I thinking about? Uh, yeah, sorry. I Google – I had to figure it out. It was Larry Nelson who learned golf at 21. Okay, good. I, I guess I kept – okay, yeah, I kept using his name, but I was telling the story improperly, so. Yes, move, move along now. And yes, the cops are coming for me. 
Yeah, no, that's the Gestapo eventually, man. They're going to get the vice squad up your ass. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the window's so, uh, closed. Well, that's, just so you don't hear, that's just so you don't hear it coming. It's a sweet release of... Never mind. So, um, uh, Pebble Beach... Uh, Phil Mickelson, I'm sorry. He actually was... I don't know. I don't want to say he was challenging the lead because Taylor had a nice cushion of a few strokes, but uh, Taylor was still like shooting under par for Sunday, and Mickelson was even par. And then finally, when I reloaded my phone when I was out on the course, I saw that Mickelson was over par, and I'm just like, well... the there you go. I mean, congratulations, Nick. And and I even saw it, Nolan. I know you hate this, but like uh, the uh, my app on my phone was uh, uh, crowning um, uh, Taylor the champion while he was still on the 18th hole. And 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 the 18th of Pebble. Come on now. I've I've seen your boy Tiger double cross it in the uh, second round of the U.S. Open in 2000. Like he straight like sna- it was when he had that big f bomb or whatever or like the or like when they had the the tape delay and the like. Oh, beep, some- beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> and well but when he, he when he composed himself in the interview for the vhs later he just said like oh i just double cross it hit a quick hook that's all <laughs> just like yeah. yeah and that was all he said in the matter and then he re- and he wound up getting a bogey on the hole for like sniping the shit out of it into like monterey bay i mean <laughs> that's tiger for you man yeah uh tessery paul our guy was uh to sorry i should say goodness i bought that um he was tweeting out a lot um trying to go back and find it but how pebble is such a great course because it kind of neutralizes the bombers out there with its small firm greens and that i i know exactly the tweet you're talking about that was what i was kind of mentally referring to as well so um yeah uh that was real quick does anyone know off the top of their head uh when the next uh major is at pebble beach i mean it's u.s open obviously but i mean so within the next 10 years or something i mean I feel like they're probably locked in within the decade. You have to imagine, right? That's just they're easily on the rota. Yeah, I mean, it was they had it there in '72, '82, '92, 2000. Uh, when did Graham McDowell? Keimer won sometime, and Graham McDowell won sometime. So they started cramming in every like less than ten years. So whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a dumb question on Jerry's behalf. So uh, Alex, you got anything else you want to uh, um, uh, ruminate or illuminate about Pebble and the tournament? No, it was just a, it was just your classic like tragic comedy with Phil you know he just like he toys with you and you know sways in and out of contention and uh it was either 13 or 14 was just the classic Phil moment where he just bombed bombed his approach over the green it went probably 25 30 yards over the green took a drop from a cart path and had just an extremely daunting flop shot like over a tree like just from parts unknown he hit it to the fringe and then made like a 20-25 footer just for a casual par. And he was just riding the wave the whole time. Never had enough consistency to contend against Taylor when it, when it mattered the most. But I don't know. I, I have hopes for Phil this year for some reason. I feel like there's one last hurrah. I don't know if that was any sort of precursor to it, but a decent sign to see him in contention. But yeah, just a, another classic uh, tragic comedy from Phil at Pebble. I don't know, dog. I'm uh, I'm I'm firmly ensconced in uh, uh, Camp Phil or Team Phil, as you want to. No, it's Camp Kepka and Team Phil, Team Tiger. I'm in Team Phil, yeah. and I genuinely feel like every 18 months he likes to like you know tease our Grendels a little bit, just like this. And so I'm firmly on the record. You may or may not know of me saying he's not going to be on the Champions Tour ever. If Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, for that matter, think that they can compete, they're going to play at the highest level. If they don't think they can play at the highest level, they're not going to tee it up. So I and I kind of. I've been for the first time ever trying to break down Phil Swing the past couple of years. I kind of hate to say it. I don't know how he's getting it done. Like when he hits those big bombs or when he actually hits some good shots, whatever part of me is like, 
how did he generate that with like he gets to the top of his swing and then all of a sudden next thing you know both of his hands are in his pocket like his internal swing arc is so steep and so down and so shallow that it's like i think to myself oh yeah i guess that's the only way a 48 year old man of his girth can generate speed or power maybe i don't know <laughs> I, I, I look at his swing going like yep i wish i saw that 10 years ago this makes a lot more sense but now he's he's in his swan song like you said and i really just don't know if I don't like it when he teases us like this. I mean, because I love Phil. Who doesn't love Phil? Gosh, I remember 10, 15 years ago, even more than that, it used to be that Phil was the best chipper but couldn't putt for, for beans. Now he's a great putter, and we don't even talk about it. Like, we just talk about some other stuff. And and now, at this point, Phil's almost 50 years old, for Christ's sakes. And I'm that's not just, a fan of Phil. I just need to chime in and say that. <laughs> no, no, wait. No, real quick, Zach. We never got, we never d- uh, drilled down on that. Why are you not a fan of Phil? I so always I'm tweet out how I'm not a fan of Phil. Well, one, uh, I don't like that he goes to the event in Saudi Arabia. Not a big fan of that. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and that's basically one of my I, only reasons. I America from Canada. <laughs> I like his. I like some of his Twitter jokes. Some aren't bad. I like that he responds to people on Twitter. I'm like. On a scale well, of one to ten, he's, like, he's like already on Twitter. He was already great, and then he got on Twitter. So it's like he can't do any wrong. I mean, and he's doing it himself. So I'm like a four on Phil. I don't hate him, but I don't. I don't love the guy. Well, I, I think four is about the worst anyone can do, unless like unless he like gave you a fender bender in traffic. I still think people give him a four. I mean, even if he like hits hits your car. <laughs> the one storyline I'm really looking forward to with Phil later this year, and I'll just be like on it until June, is that the the U.S. Open is at Wingfoot this year, which is just yeah. home of, home of one of the all time Phil Mickelson moments in U.S. Opens and all of his runner ups. Uh, if there was ever a way the golf gods could shine upon us and put him in contention again there at that exact same course, that would be a, a great story this year, indeed. He's he's like he's like the living McLowry brother going back to the uh, OK Corral for a reunion or something. Just uh, wasn't a. I see I see you flinch, Nolan. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was a spot on analogy right there. <laughs> well, because he, he couldn't be from there. There wasn't a good or a bad side in that gunfight. But uh, I wasn't gonna say it's like Doc Holiday going back because why would he go back? He won. <laughs> He's not going back. Uh, so that was really good of Phil. It's Phil and Pebble seem to have a really nice relationship uh, always, and. Um, and yeah, so does uh, Jordan Spieth, apparently. You know, I'm taking that backdoor top 10 finish. Was... Good job, Jerry. Good job on that one. No, 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 no. No, you're saying that. I'm not patting myself on the back. I think that's that's slightly newsworthy that this guy – I even saw it coming in the last round. He was like T62, and I said, well, if this guy shoots a 66 or better, this he can backdoor it, and he sure did. So um, enough of that. And this can actually kind of be a nice segue into our Genesis Open uh, or excuse me, Genesis Golf Tournament. I don't know exactly what it's called. Invitational. Invitational. Thank you, because it's by invite only. New status and- this year, actually. <laughs> Sorry, breaking news. It used to be an open, or yeah, it used to be an open. So now it's down to 121 players. Because before that, folks, it was the Genesis 500 with the pro out of the truck. So it was 400 on Saturday. <laughs> uh, real quick, we're going to talk about the Genesis Open. And we're going to talk about Rory McIlroy, who's teeing it up as a heavy in the tournament, being the new world number one. I want Alex's opinion first, and I'll ask you two, Jamokes. I'm going to tease it real quick about do we? I mean, how Rory has uh, taken over the throne now. He's going to be teeing up in this tournament. Alex, what are his odds? But first, I would like to get some housekeeping out of the way, and that we are very, very happy to be brought to you by Sports Travel Radio Podcast Network. I swear to God, they got so many podcasts over there. <clears throat> 
pardon me. I don't listen to them all. There's a bunch of like really great diverse, uh, I don't want to say junk, just stuff, uh, audio garbage for your ears, folks. And uh, we're just a, happy to be a part of it. And uh, uh, next on the, that, I, that being said, I talked to Crazy the other day, my boy who's a caddy at Band Dunes, and we are proudly still unofficially sponsoring Gorse Golf head covers at gorsegolf.com. I told him, give me a blurb. I want to represent you properly. He said, let's get together for dinner. He said that for about two months now. So I'm just going to say, go to gorsegolf.com or Google Gorse Golf or whatever you do in your language of choice. And if you have any questions for the podcast, please send them to ftbtpodquestions at gmail.com. They go directly to moi, even though it is addressed to the pod squad. And we will do our best to get you guys out there with your questions and uh, getting your name out there in terms of the golf community. It's not about publicity. It's about being a part of a community that can reciprocate great conversation. And speaking of that, Alex, Rory world number one. What do you think? Yeah. Shout out to Rory. He's back on top. Uh, a lot of consistency. It, it's just been done with a lot of good finishes in the last few months. And uh, the thing about Riviera that I always think about is just kind of course history. Uh, guys like Bubba come back into the conversation no matter how his form is. Uh, Adam Scott comes back into the conversation no matter how his form is. Just randoms like that. <laughs> you know, Not to say that like you know JT and Rom and Rory aren't going to contend, but... Uh, this is a bit of a, a horses for courses venue the way I, I've seen it in the past. Uh, I give Rory a pretty good chance, though. Um, I think this is definitely probably, I mean, I don't know. There's probably not a lot of good odds on a top 10 bet for Rory. I'm sure that's got to be boring on like even money or something close to that. But uh, I, I'd be surprised if he's not uh, on the leaderboard come Saturday and Sunday. Oh, good call. And we'll, we'll circle back around to you because we will do some picks and we'll talk odds or whatever we uh, see in front of okay. us. In, in that regard but uh uh i want to get zach and nolan's thoughts on rory uh, unseating my boy brooks kepka at number one uh zach let's start with you uh i don't know i think i'm gonna go with bubba watson as my pick no whoa, 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 whoa. rewind okay zach, nolan, you've been... <laughs> nolan wait did i just down. completely i thought we were talking about who we liked or no it's okay no no i just asked you to pull the car out of the parking spot and you just backed into garage just hold on a sec oh, just take your foot off the gas sorry about that sorry uh what oh, I sorry <laughs> oh, very we're sorry circle, we're gonna circle back to picks i'm sorry and back to starting with alex with picks but i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to do radio flow here brother now you um, know my pick so and it's a damn good pick hold on Nolan. i'm sorry i'm just i'm choked up here zach uh the question to you is uh how do you feel about um rory mcelroy uh, taking over the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Iron Throne over my boy, Brooks Kepka. Well, I really like Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am for it. I think, though, <laughs> I hate all of you. I, I am, I don't hate it. I think the world golf rankings a bit, like, wonky at times. I don't know how they value it. No one understands it half the time. Uh, <laughs> I think there's an argument to be made. Right <laughs> you sound like a man who's just bitter and scrambling. Like you're just trying to yeah. excuses. <laughs> the OWGR is definitely about sustained success for uh, about a year and a half, I think. So, um, you know, much deserving, much deserving. Good on him. Happy for the guy. I, I am very and extremely happy that. BK is no longer up there because oh yeah, no one hates that guy. Wait, wait, oh, wait, who said? Wait, who said they're happy about this? I didn't. Oh, I, 
What? No, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm happy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Nolan's happy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a BK Broiler fan. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, Brooks, I'm, I'm the guy who thought I invented Camp Kepka, but, you know, Barstool dickwads. Or, no, sorry, Foreplay, those guys. But Yeah, I was saying I'm happy because I am anti-BK. Unlike yeah, I just pulled the, I, and I pulled a ZP there. I forgive me. <laughs> so my life. very, very excited. <laughs> you sound like Patrick Reed now, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> very excited to see someone else up there on the throne, even if it is Rory, who in the past I did despise. Usually, whoever comes around and is like the next Tiger, I start despising them. So it's it's been that way. Um, but I like the little Rory McIlroy. And uh, I don't know. He's uh, he's got it all, man. I hope I hope he's. I think he's gonna win a major this year for sure. Um, but I'm okay, just... well, okay. You know what? That's that's all right. This isn't your FaceTime. That's enough out of you. You heard it here, here, folks. No one said Rory's gonna win a major. Now silence you. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you loved Rory so much. <laughs> no, I just don't like Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what? I feel the same way because I'm a Dodgers fan, but I really fucking hate the Giants. So, Alex, um, I don't know where you tend to get your odds, your picks, or whatever. I mean, and we don't really talk gambling or odds too much on this show. We leave that to poor sports on the Sports Radio Podcast Network. But needless to say, I'm looking at my machine here, and I got Rory McIlroy almost tied with Justin Thomas at the best odds. I got Rory at 7-1, to one, and Justin Thomas just a tick behind that. So, I mean uh, – what do you think? Who who do you like uh, in the tournament? I mean, even give us a long shot. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. So typically uh, I'm at uh, Course of Life 1 on Twitter. Uh, and uh, typically I tweet out about a handful of players each week that I like. I like to kind of spread the wealth and don't necessarily just pick all the favorites. I like to kind of go a little bit down the board too, see if I can get a couple winners. Uh, came close with Tony Finau at the Waste Management at 45 mm-hmm. to 1. Uh, you know, Xander Shoffley has been very profitable for me. I've had him in each of his last two wins. Uh, so shout out to Kapalua as well, too. But in terms of guys that I like, just looking at the board, I mean, obviously, I, I, I end up circling back to Bubba more often than not here at this venue just because he's got so much history here. Uh, form is, like, not phenomenal. Uh, he's made a couple of cuts recently, but nothing too crazy. Uh, 22, 23 to 1 odds, depending on where you look. Uh, another guy that I'd probably be looking at is uh, – uh, further down the list is a guy that I'm, I'm favoring out of Austin, Texas, former Longhorn, who's been close and knocking on the door, and that's Scotty Scheffler. He's going off around Ooh. 100 to 1, and uh, he's had a few good finishes earlier in the calendar season. Uh, so if you're looking to go on a flyer or something way down the board, that's a guy who's due for like a pretty big week, and he's shown that he could put two and a half rounds together, but we'll see if he could put three or four together. So again, I, I tweet out usually about a handful of guys. Those are a couple that I like kind of off my first glance, but I'll, I'll definitely be looking at one of those favorites in terms of, you know, Rory, JT, or Rom, uh, like we've been discussing. All right, you guys want to talk like real obscure and Jerry calling things? I got Scotty Scheffler taken just inside a top 35 at least, and that's not for nothing considering he was uh, pretty white hot recently, and then I remember I only know because a coworker of mine picked him for a couple tournaments when he fell on his face and, or didn't sure. perform. So, <laughs> so, yeah, he's here or there, but, God, we love us some Scotty Scheffler. So, uh pardon me i can dig that absolutely still um zach we know you picked bubba can you elaborate anymore i mean uh, it is an even I, year. I, I, I like bubba too because this is this is exactly why i wouldn't necessarily rule tiger out of uh, riviera uh because i mean even though he hasn't won it there it's still a shot shaper bombers. Yeah. yeah exactly 
Bubba Watson has like 11 or 12 PJ Tour wins, counting his Masters, but they're all at three courses, Riviera, Augusta, and then someplace in Florida that I forgot the name. So needless to say, he's built his entire resume. You want, can we name like a baseball pitcher out there who was like, the only thing I can think of is maybe a knuckleballer who worked only so good at his home park and like three other away parks and they tried to schedule it just so it worked that way and he always had like a four era or better or something i mean it's just i love me with some bubba watson because everyone hates him and misunderstands him so much i look at him as an artiste who cannot hit the ball straight because he doesn't want to hit the ball straight he doesn't need to hit the ball straight he would rather hit a nine iron 200 than an eight iron 200 because he can and i quote hit the nine iron 200 bubba's a great pick zach at riviera i cannot this is uh, – Alex said it best, and, and we've heard it time and again, but it applies here the most. Horses for courses. This – Riviera and Augusta might be two of the regular tour stops that are at the same place where I don't want to say it's predictable, but it's pretty clairvoyant or easy, to so to speak, to see who's going to win the tournament like the Adam Scotts of their names he picks. He's so, also uh, like – he's exactly like the San Francisco Giants. He just wins every second year. 2018 he won, 2016 he won, and 2014 he won. It has and to obviously, be one of those years was the odd year he uh, was signed with Volvic, which that's where he got all his money that year because he didn't win squat with a ball that couldn't uh, spin. We all know this. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, Nolan, what do you, who do you like for the tournament? Guys. Guys. Oh, that's right. That's right. Come, uh, on. I like. Come on. But are, but are you serious? I, I can tell you, again, my Tiger placement here. I mean, do you think this is – I mean, everyone's setting up for this to be p- quite possibly Nolan Tiger's best year without winning a ton of majors. If you think he just won the um, uh, he, he won that uh, the first PJ Tour event in Japan ever, which was epic. I can't believe that ever happened. Like there was a PJ Tour event in Japan in the first place for a long time, and I keep talking about him representing America f- for the the Olympics. That's giving me a chubby, and I don't even care about the Olympics or Tiger or America. But all those three three things together sounds delicious. So, and, and him always doing good at Augusta, why not throw his first win at Riviera in? Uh, give me some pros and cons. Well, yes, I am taking Tiger Woods to finally break through at Riviera, to break through um, against Samson Ede to snap that tie. And we'll see. I, um, he, he plays well here, um, you know, all the time. He's got two second-place finishes here before he got – 15th last year and that was with playing the par fives like at even par which is for me key this week for him if he can pound the par fives this week um i think he's gonna roll the rock pretty well um i just really like it i mean he's never played like awful here so um he's he's finally learned you know how to play this course i think after what like i think this is his 12th time i think playing it so Really? I thought it was – I would have sworn it would be, been a lot more because he – I think he's 0 for 11. He hasn't played – okay, okay, thank you. He, I know he hasn't played there every year, but part of me is like, well, Tiger Woods has essentially been active on the tour since 99 or 98 in terms of hitting up all these events. So part of me is just like, well, I mean, I know he, he chops up the West Coast swing quite a bit, honestly. Like, he only goes out to Kapalua if he won a tournament. And he's never really played in the Sony ever. And, uh, and it's just like he – that's why every time they said, like, Tiger's debut is in Torrey, I always, like, jerk off into a ceiling fan going, like, Tiger's debut is always a Torrey because that's a long, simple course that he can destroy in the yeah. conditions where nobody else can. But needless to say um, – Yeah, news today, he's um, – so 
if we didn't know, this is three sums now um, for the for the first two rounds um, because of the new invitational status. He's also playing host. Um, for those who don't know, Tiger hosts this tournament, which who knows whatever that that really means. He's got to go to some, some parties. And breaking news today, if you didn't see as well, he already won that Riviera. Today he won the Celebrity Cup Championship against Sir Bubba Watson. Ooh, I had no idea. Stirred. What is it? Well, since, since when did uh, Mr. Watson get knighted? I don't know. <laughs> Looks like he should be. Ha! Okay. In, in his overalls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, they had the little shindig. Larry Fitzgerald was on the team on Tiger's team. So again, another. God, that guy's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. God, he, I thought I knew how to sandbag, and I didn't. Jesus. Mm. Yeah, so Tiger's already uh, off the schneid for winning at Riviera, by the way. So it doesn't even matter anymore. All right. So, okay. So you like Tiger. So, yeah. Speaking of threesomes, he's playing with Justin Thomas and Steve Stricker. That is not where I thought that was going. Ooh, I'm glad you said those names, <laughs> Nolan, because you just named who I think is going to win the tournament and who I think is going to take last place. Can you guess who's who? <laughs> I'm not going to go with Steve winning it. I'm sorry. I love his putting stroke, but everything else. Okay, is... Hey, whoa, whoa. We were, we were asking you for to be diplomatic. I got you. You're a nice guy, Nolan. It's, uh, he would never say anything about Captain Stricker. Um, but, yes, I have, folks, you heard it here first. I can't decide who is going to be last place. I'm stuck between Bramlett, Chapel, and Stricker. And I don't want to do it to Stricker. I don't even want to do it to Chapel for that matter. And I don't even know who Bramlett, Bramlett is, but uh, Stricker, I'm sorry. He looks like he's uh, uh, the last raccoon to the garbage can on this one. And Who's I'm, Bramlett? How did he get in? Who's Bramlett? Br- oh, no, his name's uh, um, Joseph Bramlett. 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 Is he one of the college guys who got in? I don't even know, but you know what? If he wins, loses, draws, gets hears this podcast and gets a corn up his – whatever about wants to get in touch with us i'd love it just just to you know I'm, I'm looking at my machine right now and hey joseph bramlin i got you taking 117 out of 119 so shout out at your boy yeah prove <laughs> you wrong <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> so jerry you got jt winning it then i got well the numbers indicate rory mcelroy is gonna win it i mean the machine picks the heavy all the time and that's why you saw me pick Dustin Johnson like 25 weeks in a row for tournaments. But needless to say, uh, Rory is the heavy, according to the numbers, just behind Rory's JT, and that's who I pick for the to win. But, I mean, I, I look at that as like saying, like, yeah, yeah, the Soviets are going to win a lot of gold, too, whatever. I mean, it's not that – it's not that sh- – it's a pretty lukewarm take. Yeah. And I think, honestly, my top ten, the best – Odds, no, the longest odds on a top 10 finish for me were Brooks Kepka taking like sixth at 25 to one. And that's not even, you gotta, you gotta get me out of bed at top 10. You gotta be like 40 to one or bigger. I mean, it can't be, it can't be anything like that. Like it's just, I don't know. It, what are Tiger's odds here? I got him. Okay. I'm glad you asked Nolan. I have him again, much like how is I picked him at what, what tournament was it? Uh, Tory taking ninth. I got him taking ninth again, but his odds, I'm looking at his odds at 16 to one. Also, oh. uh, to be a little more uh, precise, I got Brooks Kepka taking a top five at 25 to one. And other than him and Hideki Matsuyama at 25 to one, those guys are the longest shots in my top 10 this week. I just, I don't think, I think, 
I don't do daily fantasy. I'm sorry, but I, I don't again to what Alex said, I, I, this course really sets up for a very specific way of play. So it's going to be pretty obvious where the numbers lie this week. I think it's just, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So anywho, uh, so those are our Genesis, uh, our Genesis picks, so to speak, even though that's not even an official segment. Uh, we, and there hasn't been really anything crazy going on in the golf world. So we may as well keep this a nice twisty, tidy, uh, roundabout an hour podcast. Alex, on behalf of From the Back Tees, we really appreciate the shit out of you uh, coming on and uh, chopping it up with us. I hope you enjoyed the format. I know every podcast is a little different, and this is kind of what we do. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any books you're writing? Anything you want to plug? Website, podcast, Twitter handle, anything you go. Yeah, now again, so it's the Course of Life podcast, and one of the cool things that I just recently did is actually, you know, I've been doing a lot of interviews like I discussed before we even came on, you know, just remotely with, with guests from all over the golf world, and this was the first time I got to go to the Waste Management, be in the Scottsdale area, and actually get some content on the ground and do some in-person interviews. Uh, so I interviewed a, bu- a bunch of different people in the game, uh, a lot of different people that teach the game, uh, got to talk to one of our sponsors, Desert Fox Golf, and it's a really cool thing that I'll be unveiling throughout the next several weeks on my instagram and social media outlets as well so again it's course life podcast i appreciate the the support from the back tees you guys are doing a great job and have a great brand that's growing and love to be a part of this and and hopefully future episodes as well so thanks everyone for for listening and be sure to tune in Uh, thank you very much alex and uh even though it sounds like we're ending on a good momentum there i jumped the gun and uh zach still has his canadian fun fact which we'll save for the very very last bit Uh, nolan give your plugs Sure. Follow me at Nolan T. Smith. Um, writing a little piece this week for Tiger where, yes, I already spoiled it. I do believe he's going to win. So see uh, a little more as to why I think he's going to win in there. And uh, I got to get off. I got to get this win, Zach, on the Canadian trivia this week. I, I, yeah. I'm losing sleep over it right now. You are one and three. This is just terrible. <laughs> Uh, Zach, can you give Alex a little background and anybody else who's tuning in for the first time what the, the newly formatted Canadian fun yeah, so Yes, please. We used to always run some Canadian trivia, and we turned it into a little bit of a contest where the last four weeks, we're going to do it every week. We keep track of – it's a multiple-choice question. Pretty simple. We keep track of records. So far, we got Jerry's, a nice 4-0. and Pretty remarkable, actually, because Jerry had not been good at Canadian trivia. I think he was like – swindling us and all like oh he doesn't know it wasn't no what it used to be was you'd be like did you know that canadians eat more (laughs) microwaveable micro macaroni and cheese than americans and i'm just like no i don't believe that no it'd be like how many pounds do they consume and you're like what (laughs) a million (laughs) exact (laughs) we got we got nolan sitting at a nice one and three and we will be keeping track of your score for when you return so it's not like not like you could just throw this one away. You got to really think about it. Yeah, and if I go one and zero, then I just have an amazing batting average that I can hold on to. Hopefully, exactly, and you never have Zach, to come back. Zach, is anyone one and zero? Because we've had a few guests. Oh yeah, we... Sebastian okay. Kaplan, a nice one and zero. And that's it. I, I often get brought up in the same conversation as tour players, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> okay, the question for this week. A little themed question, somewhat. What's the most amount of Canadians to play in a single Masters? Either A, 3, B, 4, C, 5, or D, 6. 
As the guest, you get to pick first. Wow, good question. Um, let's see. You know, I'm, I'm trying to count off notable Canadians to play in the tournament in my head, but I can't quite get to an exact number. Uh, but I will sit at C5. Okay. Nolan, as the resident one and three. <laughs> I'm not one feeling good about this for you, Nolan. I'm just saying. One and three means room for improvement. That's Zach. a bad score. <laughs> yeah. We're also, a lot of room for worse. I don't know if there's badminton fans. Don't come at me. I'm in the Hall of Fame if I'm going one for three. Um, no, you're not one, four, three. You're one and three. <laughs> I, 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 I'm with you, Nolan. I'm on board, buddy. <laughs> you're closing in on the Mendoza line if you miss this one. If I miss oh, this one, then right. oh, I I I'm getting like kind of nauseous thinking about it right now. And <laughs> I'm going to – I just – I'm sorry, Alex. I feel like C is such a sucker pin right there. And I'm going to go all the way with D6. Okay, and you, Jerry? I, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this one, and, I, and my clever response is, I think it's less than we think. So I was going to say A three, but I'm going to say B four because don't forget my man Curtis Luck. Okay, since I and don't think any of you are going to get the exact. Curtis Luck is Canadian, right? Uh, Curtis Luck. Oh, crap. I'm looking this up right now. Egg on my face. Shit. Keep going, Zach. God, the anticipation is killing me. Yeah, okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, frozen foods are killing you, Nolan. Anticipation's not. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Due to Nick Taylor's win last week, he earned himself a spot in the Masters. So this year is going to be the record for most Canadians. They're going to be Mike Weir, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, and that's it. Somehow, no! again. <laughs> just three. Just four. There's four. Oh, oh. Well, thank God. I <laughs> uh, uh, shout out Curtis Luck for being Australian. I was wrong, but <laughs> yeah. this oh, is absurd. And I heard him go. I'm gonna go with A, and then he's like, but instead B. Instead, for somebody I thought was Canadian, but not, I was going to add one more. Thank you, Curtis Luck. I love you even more than I loved you before. <laughs> oh, just a truly oh. legendary performance by Jerry here. Just going five oh. and out. Alex, one of them was like CFL stuff. I, I don't even remember what the, the, the yeah, questions were. Was, by what team did, did David, did, uh, did Lawrence Tynes kick for? And you yeah, got, got that the- one. I guess, yeah, I guess uh, Alex, uh, uh, Sebastian Kaplan's, um, well, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not saying no football, but Sebastian, Seabass's caddy, uh, Seabass's agent, Lawrence Tynes, two-time uh, Super Bowl champion and kicker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who, who just happens to be a sports, age, <clears throat> sports agent right now are getting started in it. And so that was one of the questions was, uh, what team did he kick for in the CFL? And I, I nailed that one. It was the Renegades. Yeah. Wow. To say that you're going to be investigated shortly is an understatement. Al, <laughs> <laughs> bring it on! I dare you. Come on. Jerry's over there pounding on trash cans, and he's got a buzzer under yeah. his shoulder. And no one can touch me. I'm immune to everything. I am Teflon. <laughs> well, true. That was that was a half baked impersonation. I wasn't even trying to do a full one because I don't want to lead everyone on. <laughs> you have to come on again, Alex, to improve on your record. I will. I, <laughs> I guess that's what that dead last. Is. 
Yeah, well, thanks. Thank you, Alex. We appreciate it very much. And uh, Zach, is there anything else you want to throw in there? No, I think that's all. Keep, uh, keep an eye out on the website. We're getting stuff dropping every single day. Jerry had a nice, I like that article you posted with the Q&A. I thought it was a very good idea. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, full disclosure, as I texted Zach, and I'll tell everyone it was out of sheer laziness, but one of the things I enjoy is whether we have 10 or 110 or 1,010 fans or listeners, I actually like being on a first-name basis or being close with a lot of you in that a lot of them ask the same questions, but it's nice, like, you know, interacting with them in that regard. So. Oh, no. I just forgot. We got to get to it. We have to answer our one fan question that we got sent to us. Oh, we had we got one. Fan. Well, we got two. We got two. We got two. Fa- How many times do I have to do this? How many do we have? Two. Two fan questions. Alex, you got to stick around for a little longer. We got to do it for the fans. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what, what do you got? So no first question. Right now, so. First question by our newest writer. This is why I said two, because one's by our guy. He said, would you rather play Augusta National in a foursome with your boys or round of golf at your local Muni with Tiger? Tiger. <laughs> I agree, Tiger. Tiger at a putt-putt course. Yeah, I don't know. That's a little closer for me, but I still would answer Tiger, but I think that's a little bit closer. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess um, when you really I, think of it, it would be – oh, it's true. I'm not, even, I'm not even trying to play contrarian like I normally do just so we have a point and counterpoint here, but as, as awesome as it would be to be around Tiger for a round of golf, it doesn't matter. I would love to go to Augusta National with three friends and just be like – I mean, just like – hello. I mean, I, I'm a member at the shittiest private club here in our county here, and I feel like we're bosses there just like, hey, hey this is our club. Look at this. I mean, and, and we got like $10 greens fees for nine holes. Yeah, there's a, there's a loophole there. You just got to become friends with Tiger, so then he can be part of your force. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> our second question, our final question: What are the odds of the proposed new tour succeeding? Why is Phil spending time with the Saudis? Am I a player since I was even on the front nine at a, at national? I recognize that question. Who said that? That's Richard six four one four three eight seven two. Oh, of course, oh, yeah. Yeah, Not to be confused with six four one four three seven. Oh yes, exactly. He's a flat exactly. swing well, enthusiast was, in his bio. That was the quick. That was the quick uh, count he made before this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the internet feds are onto you for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the new tour. Uh, I give it about a ten percent chance. Um, their only hope is with Tiger. Really? I mean, we're living in a day and age where the XFL two just debuted to three point something million viewers when the first one had something in the upper teens of millions okay. of viewers that thing I put it tanked before it left the harbor chances to overseed the pga tour i put it at like two and a half percent chances to gain some traction like the xfl like 20 percent nolan i'm sorry to come at you i feel like 10 percent, even though that's not a very big number just feels like a lot i uh, uh. you're right it all depends on tiger it all depends on tiger and i don't think tiger unless tiger is in like full like ashton kutcher jamie kennedy fuck it mode which i don't think he is he could i think there's another there might be another level to fun tiger we haven't seen yet and that and we're hopefully that's when he enters his political uh election type stage but needless to say uh i don't know i, I don't uh, i don't know the only way tiger does it is if it's not for the money it's for the legacy this thing would become his own tour. If, if he's going to do it, it's going to be 
the Tiger Woods World Tour, and that's the only way I see it happening. Okay. You know what? Since we're here and we're just wrapping up with a few more minutes, Alex gets the last word in since we didn't bring it up and we should ask for another opinion. Alex, what do you think about this new golf tour? Any thoughts at all would be really appreciated. Yeah, I did hear this. So I know that Greg Norman had like a similar, like, like less thought out failed attempt at something like this previously. Um, I heard the first bit of the conversation involved potentially buying out the Australian Open as like one of these stops in, in the world tour. Um, I don't really know a ton much more than that, but I like the idea of trying to shake up the golf scene. The issue is going to be who you bring in. I, I wonder if this is going to be a scenario where they really can just like shovel the big bucks and get a decent field of the world's best, or if they end up going like the like celebrity gimmick route and bringing in all sorts of different people to just promote the, the tour stop to stop in general. There's a lot of different directions that could go, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're kind of comparing the bar to what happened with the AAF and now the XFL, then maybe, maybe the chances are pretty low. So I, I, I am I'm go seriously AAF. interested in that. I was trying not to go AAF route. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm curious too. We'd all love to see it so long as it's the cost of nobody, but, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I think this will definitely be another conversation for another time. And Alex, we'd love to yep. have you back anytime, like we said earlier. Definitely. And for Nolan Tiger Smith and ZP Zach Pencer, who's at From the Back Tees, you can find us at www.fromthebacktees.com. Again, questions sent email wise at ftbtpodquestions at gmail.com. I'm at Jerry Lou Looper on Twitter, which is our primary weapon of choice that you can find us at. And it was a really great chat, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Jake Absolutely. the Barber, shout out. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.